The industry is really small too. So it's like those students that I'm talking to might be just coming out of school now, but like they could be my boss in like 10 years. So it's like, I want to be able to like make those connections with people and, and bring people who are passionate about radio into the industry to join me. Welcome back everyone. I'm joined with the wonderful Shannon Burns. I first found her on TikTok. I was so obsessed. She often has videos talking about like the latest entertainment story or behind the scenes of being like a radio host. And I've personally have always found it so interesting um, because I've, you know, curious of pursuing a career down that route. So she's currently the midday host of Virgin Radio, which airs across Eastern Canada. She's interviewed some amazing guests like Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran, Miley Cyrus. Um, so as I've said, I love everything pop culture. So thank you so much for coming on. I'm really excited to hear more of your journey. Thank you. And thank you for that intro. That was wonderful. Of course. So I want to start before you got to where you're at today, maybe just your childhood was something like interviewing where you always been comfortable around on camera or like on a microphone. Was that something always that you wanted to pursue or what was kind of your childhood like dream job like? Yeah. So I didn't really know what I wanted to be like all the way up until high school. I like had no idea. I just felt very lost and like, I wasn't good at anything, but I always grew up like not doing my homework, but then like watching much music or like watching Oprah and things like that. Like Oprah was every day after school, I was watching her. So I think I like credit a lot of things to her because I loved watching her interview people. And I thought it was so cool that she would like ask the questions that I wanted to ask these people. So that was definitely an influence. Um, when I was a kid, my dream job was to be like a ventriloquist, like with puppets. Um, that didn't work out, unfortunately. So um, yeah, this is where I ended up. But yeah, so by high school, I like still didn't know what I wanted to do. But then I went to a college fair and then was like looking around, like trying to figure out what kind of school I wanted to apply for or what. And then I saw that there was a program for TV and radio broadcasting. So I was like, oh, that's exactly what I want to do. So that really helped me. And then I went to college for it for a few years, fell in love with radio um, just because it's such a fun job and industry to be in. And then, yeah, here I am. That's amazing. Yeah. So you went to Niagara College, I think I read. Yeah. And do you, is that something that you'd recommend specifically for TV and radio that someone attends like a post-secondary schooling? Like yeah. what is kind of the hierarchy to get like a job into radio? It definitely helps, but it's not a necessity. There's a lot of people that I know in the industry that didn't start out by going to school for it, but I found for myself, it was a good start because it taught me the fundamentals of what I needed in order to get into the industry. And I made a lot of connections in school with people that I actually work with now. Like I have a bunch of coworkers that used to be like my classmates. Um, so it was just good for like networking, making those kind of connections, which then really helped me get more jobs and things like that. But yeah, definitely not a necessity. There's a lot of people that I know who are just like, not general entertainers and they're really good at it or they like had a following on Twitter or online or something like that. So I think if you can, for this industry specifically, if you can prove that you can like gain an audience and have people that want to listen to you and want to watch you, that's like half the battle right there. So that, that can definitely help as well. Okay, cool. And for someone, I don't know too much about radio, but in terms of maybe like the hierarchies and in terms of like different kinds of shows, like a midday, a morning and afternoon, how does that really work? And like for you personally, what is like your main career goal specifically with um, radio? 
Yeah. So it's generally um, seen as like the morning show is like the prime spot. Like that's where you mm-hmm. want to be because that's where you'll get the most amount of listeners and stuff like that. So that's typically what people in radio like aim to be. So it kind of goes like if there were to be like a hierarchy, some people have different definitions of like based on their own schedules and things. But right. typically you might start off at like late nights and weekends or like a swing announcer, which is somebody that like fills in for other hosts or and then kind of work your way up into the morning show from like evenings to afternoons mm-hmm. to middays like that so ideally for myself I'm the furthest from a morning show like or like a morning person so waking up at 4 a.m doesn't seem to be the most appealing for me personally um so I feel very happy with where I am right now on the midday show because my show starts at like 10 a.m so I get a little bit that's uh, a perfect time to do it yeah do you think yeah Yeah. I love it so um yeah that's how I feel about it but yeah morning shows that's where you get on the billboards and the buses and stuff like that so that's yeah people usually go for that okay cool and when in terms for content for your show how much of it is it that you're putting forward versus like virgin radio how does that work in terms of figuring out content yeah so anything that I say on the radio, that's that's completely me. So like for myself, I don't have a producer or anything like that. It's just I have to come up with the show every day and then um, it's the radio is going to stop and then I have to say something. So I better like be prepared with what I'm going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Some shows will have producers, especially morning shows typically will have a producer, especially in bigger cities. Mm-hmm. Um, but for in regards to like Virgin, we have a music department that picks all the songs that are played on the radio station. Yes. So that's not up to us, which is a common mistake conception in radio is that the hosts pick all the songs that are played okay. but we have like a whole team that does all of that because there's a lot of strategy that goes into how many songs are played how okay. often they're played the separation between the songs and things like that um so then as a host it's just my my main goal and focus is to focus on like the content that goes into the show so I start prepping my show like pretty much as soon as my last show ends I'll start prepping for my one for the next day and it's just this like ongoing thing but you get into the habit of just being like on and like in tune with everything that's going on or like constantly absorbing information and having like I have like go-to websites that I go to to get all my prep and stuff like that so it turns into like just a full-blown like machine almost of yes. just like gathering content and then putting it together and then doing a show and then doing another show and then yeah going on from there wow. very cool so how has social media I know your TikTok has grown how has that helped with your radio career oh it's helped immensely it's so mm-hmm. nice because with radio a small downside of it is that it's a little bit harder to connect with people because they can't see your face. So they just know your voice, but they don't really know you because it's, yeah, they just can't make that connection. So the, the best compliment that I can get on TikTok is like when people like piece that together, they're like, Oh, you're the girl that's on the station. Mm -hmm. But then with that, I've noticed, um, and just with the growth that I've had on TikTok, um, since the pandemic, it's been really nice because my audience has grown and a lot of the callers that I get or the people that I know are listening are from TikTok and they'll purposely turn it, tune into the show because they know me from TikTok, TikTok and they want to hear me on the radio. So that's been really nice. Um, and also just, yeah, making that connection to people and having them piece it together and, and now know who I am and then follow me online because mm-hmm. of it. So yeah, it's very cool. Out. So why did you initially go on TikTok? Was it out of bo- boredom because of COVID? Was it you just wanted to get that creative outlet? You want to share more of your life? I'm just curious to know why you started to make videos on there. Yeah, like all of those things. So yeah. I bought TikTok like a few months before the pandemic started, okay. just because anytime there's like a new social media or something, I'm like, want to get on it because yes. I just love social media and, all, yes. and new things and all of that stuff. And I love video making. So I was like, oh, okay. video is sick. So then I got on it and then just started getting addicted to it because I it's an addicting app. If anyone spent time on it, um, <laughs> they'll know. So I started doing that. And then 
I started to really get into like, I like analytics and stats and like all of that stuff. So then I was trying to think like, okay, how could I like use this to my advantage for work? Mm-hmm. So then it wasn't really like a plan, but I just started playing around with it. And then everyone always says with TikTok to like find your niche or like find that thing that right. people will like follow you for. So then I was like, okay, I like radio. That's like a passion. Mm-hmm. And I like pop culture and I'm also gay. So I was like, let me just like do a bunch of stuff like around that and like see what works. And then the radio stuff like really picked up. So that I just kind of like shifted towards that and then started posting a lot of videos, which was really cool because I feel like I'm like a nerd that could talk about radio all day. And then yes. so the fact that other people wanted to know more about it and like ask questions, I was like, this is sick. Okay. And then, um, so I turned it all into that. And then I also really love pop culture. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to make this work too, because I want to talk about this too. And then that's worked really well as well. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Amazing. And you also have a podcast as well. Um, and how do you, where do you see the future of radio? Like your, your own career, do you see yourself growing more into radio, doing more podcasts, doing interviews on like YouTube or TikTok? Yeah. Where do you see your career? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think with even being in radio, I've been in the industry now for like eight years. Mm-hmm. I've seen a huge shift in how the way that radio has been even eight years ago to now. And to, nowadays, it's so much more focused around social media. Like I'd say social media is probably like half the job that I do. And then like being on air and doing all that is another half. And like updating social media sites while I'm on air is also a big thing. So that is already a shift that I've seen. And the thing that I I like radio because it's immediate and it's live and you just have to do it. And then once it's done, it's done. Right. Um, so I like that. And like every day is a new day. And then, but I also love podcasts and interviews and social media because it, ha- it has such a longer shelf life. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely like pros and cons to both. And I love both pros and cons, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So um, I don't know, personally for myself, I would love to do more interviews than I do, which, because that's just my favorite part of the job. I, I have so much fun with it. Um, but I don't see myself like getting out of radio anytime soon. It's definitely like a passion of mine. And the more that I'm in it, the more fun I've had with it. So yeah, I don't know, wherever, wherever life takes me, I guess. Totally. Yeah. And obviously I love interviews as well. And I kind of want to get more into that. So I love another one of your favorites I've seen on your TikTok is your interview with uh, Louis Capaldi. And that was so funny. You guys had really great chemistry. So I'm curious to know, how do you go about um, preparing for certain interviews? Um, You know, firstly, like kind of the process of it. And then also maybe if you're with a guest that's maybe more shy or you're, you know, you feel like the chemistry is not as strong there. For preparing for an interview, I treat it as if it's going into like an exam. Mm -hmm. So I I really spend the time and like get into like a portal of who the person is that I'm going to talk to mm-hmm. because the people that are watching the interviews for the most part are their, their biggest fans. So if I go in and I'm asking questions that they've already been asked several times and like give trying to get information that's already out there online, then yeah. I feel like I haven't done a job. So my goal going into each interview is to get new information out of that person that they haven't had before. So I'll watch every single interview of them if possible. Sometimes the artist is a little bigger. So there's like thousands of hours and stuff. So it makes it a little more difficult, but, um, I really just try and like be, get in the mindset of like their biggest fan and then act as if I'm like their fan, like the mediator between the fan and the artist. Um, so that's definitely how I, pre- yeah. So that's the thing with zoom. It's a lot harder to like gauge energy levels or like know mm-hmm. how people are feeling and stuff like, um, besides like in person. So that's just kind of what I do in the beginning of the interview. I kind of like feel the vibe, I guess, is a way to describe it. 
Um, I try not to come in like too hot if they're like feeling more laid back. So I kind of just like try and match their level. And then I'll direct the interview like based on how they're answering things. So I've had situations where an artist is just maybe like having an off day or they're like a little bit grumpy Mm -hmm. um, or something like that. And then if I notice that, then maybe I won't dig for like information that I was going to dig for and I keep it more light. Or if I noticed that, like, like I interviewed the band five seconds of summer, like last week. Yes. And I had all these like really serious questions that I wanted to get yeah. to know, like about yeah. their music. They were like off the wall, like wanting to have fun, <laughs> being like super sarcastic and funny and all this stuff. So I was like, yeah. okay, I'm not going to ask them any of those questions. I'm just going to like match their high energy levels and then just be like as ridiculous as possible so yeah it's really just like weighing out each person but also with a lot of artists you can kind of get a gauge for that before you even go into it just based off like other interviews and stuff of course and how was it like interviewing multiple people at once I think I've done a few like maybe it was four of us but it was friends but having multiple guests like that band how was that like to like navigate so many different personalities yeah it can be tough especially because I typically have like 10 minutes to interview people. So when it's like four people, I'm like, I can ask like two questions to each person or like some, there's going to be somebody that's definitely not talking as much as another person. So I've just found personally, like is when I ask a question, I'll direct it towards a specific person rather than being like, okay, so what do you guys think about this? And then just like, wait for one of them to pick it up. I'll be like, I'll just call on one person and then try and get it that way just to make it as even as possible throughout the whole band. But yeah, it is definitely 10 minutes is very short though. How do you (laughs) get all those good questions? And that's tough. I know. I, it's just like, you also have to like see how long it takes them to answer too. Cause there's some artists where they, they take like three minutes to answer one question. So then I'm like in my head, I'm like, okay, well, I want to get this question and this question, this question. So I'll just like bump the other ones that I was going to ask and then focus on the main one. So you're just, you're kind of like strategizing as you go, but then also trying to like form a consensual, like a consecutive conversation with them. Yeah. It can definitely be a challenge, but you just, yeah, got to just go for it and do the best that you can. What makes you feel good after an interview or yeah, anything like with an interview that makes you feel like, oh, this was a good one. Or like, what makes you feel proud after doing one? Yeah. Um, I think for myself, just feeling like it flowed really well Mm -hmm. uh, and feeling like it just wasn't awkward. Cause sometimes you're, it is, it is an awkward thing because you meet somebody and then two seconds later, you have to act like your best friends and then have this like beautiful flowing conversation. So if I feel like the person and I like hit it off and like had a really good time, or if I feel like they gave me answers that I was looking for, or maybe opened up more than I thought that they would. Mm -hmm. Or if I like feel like, Oh, okay. Their fans are going to like really like that. They said this about this. Mm -hmm. Um, or like that will give us a really good title for the video for it to do well on YouTube or something like that. Then that will, yeah, that gives me like a good high after, which is like also the best part of doing an interview. When you like get someone big, I'm like so nervous beforehand. And then as soon as it does, it's like the best high that you can experience. It's so good. I love it. Yeah, totally, totally. And I'd love to talk about um, mentorship. I talk a lot about that on my podcast. Um, I had Joss Richards on and I know she's the founder of Margo and you're on Margo. Um, So I'd love to hear of how mentorship has played a role in your life. If you've had any mentors and then um, if you've been a mentor to anyone else. Yeah. So part of the reason I wanted to get involved in Margo is because when I was on my way up in the industry, I didn't have like a specific mentor. Like some people did where they like latched onto someone who was maybe like higher up in their career and then like learned from them or things like that. I would like learn from different people in the industry, but there was never like a contact that I had or anything like that. So, um, I, 
always feel like I want to help people who are just starting out as much as I possibly can. So like anytime a student reaches out for like, they need to do an interview for school or just want some advice about the industry or anything, like I'll always say yes, because I, I just never really had that when I was starting out. And I find that it was so beneficial when I did have those conversations with people. So, and especially with like coming out of a pandemic and a lot of people graduating and not knowing where they're going to go or how to first step into radio or anything like that. Um, and a lot of the time the information isn't just readily available online. So I just want to be able to help people in that way as much as I can, um, because it is, it's a tough industry to be in and there's, um, it can be really competitive as well, especially in radio. So yeah, any way that I can help other people, I'm will be grateful for. And it's also the industry is really small too. So it's like those students that I'm talking to might be just coming out of school now, but like they could be my boss in like 10 years. So it's like, I want to be able to like make those connections with people and yeah. And bring people who are passionate about radio into the industry to join me. Totally. And what would you say are kind of the bigger barriers to entry into getting into the, like the radio industry? Yeah, I think with being a lot of people want to be a host because that's what they see. So that's typically where people like the direction that people want to go into in radio. But the thing is, there's just not as many jobs as there used to be. Like a lot of shows, especially in the States, um, a lot of shows are becoming more and more syndicated and that's starting to happen a lot more in Canada, too. So there's just not as many opportunities, um, which is really unfortunate. So then, yeah, so that I think is like the biggest the hardest thing for a lot of people who want to be on air right away or like want to be on air in a big city, especially it can be really difficult. So to anyone that is starting out, my biggest piece of advice is to just like, if you do have the opportunity to move and start in a smaller market and like work your way up that way, that's what I found was really beneficial for me. So that's something that like other people could do that could be beneficial to them as well. Would you recommend, I think you mentioned earlier, but just like maybe going on TikTok or building an audience beforehand and then trying to get into radio? Oh, totally. Like if you can do that on social media, that will definitely help you. Um, Yeah, that because half the time, like I was saying, it's social media. So I think a lot of bosses these days too are like looking for like content creators who are like also in broadcasting. Um, So anything that you can do with that is really beneficial or starting a podcast is really good because that just shows initiative and it also can allow you to just get practice in. Like if you're waiting for someone to hire you to put you on the radio, you can already, thanks to like mics that you can get off of Amazon for like a hundred bucks, you can like do that at home. And I found even with my podcast, it's been great to be able to, it's helped me just be able to have better conversations that I can then bring on the radio and like still work on my craft in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you organize all your content? So you have your show that you're doing yourself and then you have, um, you know, your TikTok, your podcast, do you have any outside help or how do you kind of separate all your different jobs that you do? Yeah. I've just really been like trying to figure out time management over like (laughs) the last year, especially. Um, So that I, it's all me, but yeah, just like figuring it out as I go, but I do have like a daily routine typically. So like I get to the studio, like a couple hours before my show starts. So my show starts at 10, but I usually get in around like seven 30 or eight because I also do like voiceover work. So I do voice work for like TV commercials and radio commercials. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I get in in the morning, usually I have a few scripts in my email and then I'll voice those, prep my show, whatever else I need to get done, do my show from like 10 to two, um, or yeah, 10 to two or 10 to three, depending. And then, um, during my show, I'll start like researching or like figuring out what TikToks I'm going to do that day. Mm -hmm. So then after my show for a couple hours, I'll stick around and then like fired on 
fire out any like TikToks or other video stuff that I have to do for work or like do interviews and stuff like that. And then, um, then I go home and then I start prepping my show for the next day. So it's just typically like that, or I'm like watching, cause my podcast that I do is like film and TV and pop culture. Yes. So I usually will be like researching that like throughout the week to prepare for whatever I'm talking about, like at the end of the week. So oh yeah, it's, it's a lot, but I, um, yeah, I live by myself and my girlfriend lives in Chicago. So it's, yes. it's beneficial because I have a lot of free time to just like do all of that myself, but she's moving here in a few months. So I feel like I might have to tone it back a little bit when she gets here. So That's nice. I've been following your TikToks with her. Cause I know that you guys were in long distance and your story is, is so cute. I can't, but I know long distance is so hard. So do you guys get to see each other often? But you're saying that she's moving now. Yeah, so we see each other probably about once a month. Just okay, because, yeah. yeah, it's like not too, too bad. When during the pandemic, there were seven months where we went without seeing each other because of the border being closed and things like that. So now that we see each other every month, we're like, this is so easy. And yeah, so she's moving here in like two months. So we're going to be, seeing each other every day. We just, yeah, we've been doing long distance for like two years. So wow. we're definitely yeah. Wow. And that's going to be, I guess that's going to be tough to, as well to like balance. I was going to say, like when you were saying your entire schedule, how do you balance your personal life? Because you're always continuously building for like the next day or content for yeah. like a well, show. I mean, myself, like I, I don't allow myself to work on Saturdays as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And then that'll be like dedicated to friends day. Or I'll just like, I FaceTime my girlfriend a lot. So I'll just like force her to watch. Like last week we did our podcast on Batman. So I had to watch all the Batman movies. Yes. So then every night she was like, can we please not watch another Batman movie? And I'm, <laughs> I'm, so it's homework. We have to watch Batman. So she's really good about it too. She also is really into pop culture as well. So she's come right. up with a lot of my TikTok ideas that have like done really well. So yes. she's really like a good partner in that way where we can like bounce ideas off each other or she'll like send me random things and she'll be like that's a tiktok and i'm like that is a tiktok and then yeah so it's really great that's amazing um i'm hoping we can get into some rapid fire questions just to like yeah. end off the episode if that works okay speaking about your girlfriend and everything what is your ideal first date ideal first date okay i'm gonna say like summer picnic in the park yeah. great, answer. great answer um would your 12 year old self think you're cool Oh yeah, totally. I think about that all. anytime I interview like a pop singer that I love, like when I interviewed Miley Cyrus, I was like, my, I think I even like captioned that on a photo. I was like, my 12 year old self would be freaking out right now. So yeah. Um, what is the kindest thing someone has ever done for you? Oh, the kindest thing someone has ever done for me that see rapid fire is hard. Cause you like, can't think about it. You just have to say something, right? Um, kind of saying someone's ever done for me. I, I, I think I would have to say to stay on the theme with my girlfriend, she's moving to Canada for me. So she's giving up like Trader Joe's and Venmo. So that, oh, no. probably, yeah. yeah, I was, I was just in, um, Palm Springs last week and I haven't been in the States for a really long time. And I went to Trader Joe's my first stop. I'm like, this oh. grocery store is amazing. Like, yeah, we yeah. are really missing out. I know I make her send me like the different spices that they have because we just don't have anything like that in yeah. Canada. So yeah, give me up Trader Joe's for someone that is that's love. huge. That's huge. Um, what is the compliment you hear most often? Um, Ooh, the compliment that I hear most often, I think that, Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Compliment that I get most often, probably that I'm kind. I think that's one that I get most often like mm-hmm. people say that in tiktok lives and stuff they go you're so nice and i go thank you that's, so a, much. that's a great compliment yeah <laughs> yeah oh well, honestly the best compliment yeah. you can get so it makes me happy um if your life was a movie what genre would it be and who would you want to play you 
Oh, great questions. Okay. Uh, I'm going to steal these for like artist interviews, please. Um, okay. If it was a movie, I would say, I think rom-com, mm-hmm. uh, just cause I love rom-com and I, yeah, I feel like rom-com and I would love for Jennifer Lawrence to pay, play me in a movie. I oh love her. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I got called. Somebody told me I look like her like one time when Hunger Games came out like years ago. I was ago, about I, like, to say came. when you said that with like the dark hair when she was Katniss. Like I can yeah, see it's like that. Katniss. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. So I've like never let it go. And every time I'm like, yeah, well, people tell me I look like Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> um, what is your safe haven? Where is like, like a spot in the world that you just feel really safe in? Oh, um, I feel really safe at home, like on the couch, lights out. I have like a big projector and projector screen. So if I'm like at home at night watching a movie and like covered in blankets, that is my total safe haven. Amazing. Okay. I have two more questions. Um, what is something that is missing from your life right now? Um, work-life balance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and last question, who were the top three most influential people in your life that like, I know personally, uh, no, they don't have to be just people that are a strong influence in your life. Um, top three people that are strong influence in my life. Okay. My mom for one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's just like, she has a crazy work ethic and she's just so smart and good at everything. So yeah, I definitely look up to her for that influence in my life. Oh, I don't know. Um, probably my girlfriend. She's mm-hmm. going to love that. I'm mentioning her this month. Um, <laughs> her name is Morgan. She's definitely an influence in my life. She's just like a great rock to have. And I like, don't know what I'd do without her. Um, and then a third one, um, I'm going to go with Oprah Winfrey. Um, because I did, which counts be also because I did meet her, but I, I, know, also, I, I heard in another interview, you talked about it and you said it was such like an emotional journey for yeah, you. Yeah. I cried in her arms. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like embarrassing, but I feel like no, that's probably, no. yeah. Right. Yeah, like yeah. I'm not the first or the last person that's like mm-hmm. cried enough for time. So, um, yeah, but that one, she was like, she's just like very influential in who I am as a person, I think, which sounds really cheesy, but, yeah. um, I think just watching so much of her show and like learning so much from her and then getting into broadcasting because of her. Um, yeah, that's definitely have to add her to the list. That's incredible. How did you actually end up meeting her? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah. So my coworker, Sam is also a really big fan of Oprah and mm-hmm. Oprah was supposed to come to Toronto for a show to do okay. like this whole thing. So we were going to go. And then the show got canceled because the Raptors made it to the finals. Um, so they needed to use that space. So her show got canceled. So then Sam made a video like crying on the floor, um, like about it being canceled. Yeah. And then Oprah saw it and then tweeted her being like, come to my Montreal show. So she had and like gave her tickets and VIP, whatever, meet and greet. So she was like, Shannon, we're going like, let's oh go. So then, yeah, we got to like go to Montreal and go meet her and stuff like that. So yeah, That's that was wild. Definitely- That's so yeah. cool. Oh, we like, we're screaming in the hall at work. We're like, <laughs> I saw you crying on the floor. This is crazy. Let's go. Yeah. So I'm very grateful to Sam. I like tell her every day. I'm like, I owe you my life. Like you, you <laughs> Oh man, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Shannon. It was so lovely getting to know more about you and your story. Um, I know it's everything, all the advice that you've given is so helpful for me personally. And I know that a lot of other people are interested in getting into the industry. I love your TikToks. Please keep them coming. And I'm so happy to hear that your girlfriend's moving to Canada for you. That's amazing. Thank you. Hey, thank you for your questions too. They're very great. You're a great interviewer. Oh, thanks so much. And could you mind plugging where everyone can find you on TikTok, your podcast? My handle for like pretty much everything is it's Shannon Burns, so like ITS Shannon Burns. And then my podcast is called Pop for Thought and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. 